Blog Talk Radio. Podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out of the room closet professional witches with over 70 years combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Here we go. It's Friday. Here we are. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is wonderful. We are happy that it's Friday. (laughs) Yes. Well, so interesting is that we have rain here. Not lots of rain, just enough to make everything wet. I noticed when I was oh, have you driving around. Rain? Yep. We well, I mean oh. there were actual raindrops when I was coming over Sinead Road, which is a, a little canyon road that gets us from one side of the Santa Rosa to the other sometimes. Um most of it is just oh, there's been no drops here. Really? Oh my God! Yeah. Well, no drops here. It looks, it looks all gloomy, but no drops. Mhm. That's interesting. Well. Yeah, I'm we all know we have a mic that's supposed to rain because yeah. you know droughts and people freak out. But I am not happy it's supposed to rain. I am. I am not looking forward to rain. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I understand. <laughs> And Sorry. we do have that. <laughs> but then again, I, I get it. It's kind of interesting. Um, the, the dynamic is, um, I don't know, we're kind of waiting. I don't know how much rain. I mean, technically, it just says showers, which, you know, in, in California terms, it could be drizzle, mist, or heavy rain. It make up its mind. Right. Well, according to the weather.com page, it is there is a very low chance of rain. It's all below 40% until Saturday evening. And, well, Saturday early morning, like 2 and 3 a.m., mm-hmm. and that's when we're supposed to that's, – that's the highest percentage of rain, and it's a light rain. Um, mm-hmm. And then it goes back to being under 40% through the rest of the weekend. And then Monday it's going to be sunny again. So there you go. Yeah, I know. We we are so 
over the top in potential changes as the true microclimate environment. So oh, I yeah. just I only can tell you that we have our adventure and life is fun and disturbing and you know all the rest yeah. of it. Um, yeah. As it yeah. turns out, but we do also get to small. set the clocks forward. Yes, I know. You said that to you know because Phoenix is teaching a specific class, I am taking that class called Walking in Beauty. And she mentioned that with a great excitement because it means that we don't have, we don't get dark as early and it's, you know, kind of all that nice. So every time you say that now, I'm going, yes, I have to. And actually my clock on the wall is a battery-operated one. And I was noticing it was stuck at 20 minutes to. I couldn't figure out why because the battery had was about ready to die. So... When you you had mentioned that, and I came home that night, I looked up and I go, oh, ah. But that's fun. Yeah. What what has happened in your life? What are you? What was your last week like since you know our last excursion into uh, Radio Land? Yeah. So you know, last week we briefly touched on the coronavirus situation because we didn't want to spend a lot of time on that. And that continues to be a major thing. Um, You know, and I have anxiety. I am an anxiety fueled person. And the older I get, the more I actually had a major breakthrough in my own stuff this week where I recognized my anxiety manifests the most strongly when there's something going on I have no control over. (laughs) So this just goes to show how controlling I am because I can control virtually everything. But like the fires that have happened where we live, I I go into major anxiety panic, like panic, full on panic attacks where I feel like, like if I didn't know it was happening, I might think I was having a heart attack Um, when, when there's fire stuff. And I'm feeling that way about this coronavirus shenanigans because I have no control. I cannot control the behaviors of other people. I cannot trust the behaviors of other people to do the smart things to keep themselves safe, which will then keep others safe. So mm-hmm. you know, I know that the, the likelihood is that I will be fine. Even if I do get sick, the likelihood is I would be fine. And that does not mm-hmm. make me feel better. <laughs> So well, okay. My, I'm doing all of my my spiritual practice, my meditative practices, my different practices to try and work through this anxiety. Um, but what I'm coming to discover is right now it feels bigger than me. So I um, I have taken a pharmaceutical today to calm myself down, mm-hmm. and I just feel like being transparent about this kind of shit in the witchcraft and pagan community is really important because sometimes a candle and a crystal and a mantra and a meditation isn't enough. Sometimes it's just not. And if we don't speak openly and honestly about these things, then they remain as stigmas and it shouldn't be that way. You know, I'm doing all the right things. I'm taking herbs, you know, I'm doing my meditations. I'm, you know, I talked to my mom today and she actually suggested and maybe I needed to switch up my meditation routine. I thought that was a brilliant suggestion, so I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I just want to be transparent. Like, my, I, my, I'm, my mind is fucked around all of this, and I'm having a hard time processing. So 
that's where I am, and I'm looking forward to spending the next little bit talking about something completely unrelated and giving my poor little brain a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is totally understandable, and I, you know, I totally get it. I. Kind of a, there's a point, I mean, my week, obviously, where I've been, has been this, you know, it has the same pressure, the, the coronavirus, the, you know, what are you going to do, all the, you know, stuff, and, and what you're doing and where you're at, like, your finances that you're, you know, how you spend your money, how you make your money, um, right. your family, things like that, your health, uh, things that go beyond. That. Um, my feeling has been between anxious and then doing what I can within my own sphere. And um, I guess I... You're starting to cut in and out a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm basically kind of a, you know, I'm a free spirit in the sense of I want to do what I want to do and I will think of others, Mm -hmm. but I still want to do what I want to do. So, you know, going out uh, and doing things is I'm not running around partying with everybody, but I, you know, go to do my shopping and my banking and, um, I have a place that I go to for, you know, a little bit of coffee or something. And I guess that's how I, I'm looking at doing what I'm doing and still maintaining a certain amount of being present with what else is going on. And, yes, I don't, you know, I have a little Clark's wife I open up a door with and I put it in my pocket and, you know, do that kind of thing. So because with people, they're people, and it doesn't matter what they right. do. So. Um, as a as a point of reference, but the the things that I find get me through is you know small tasks that I can do within the concept of something that makes this is what I do. I will do this or I will do that. But um, and of course the fact that as I was saying before the show, um, where my daughter lives and where I'm going to be moving to. Um, Arkansas, Midwest, you know, that kind of area. They haven't uh, had much conversation about this. It seems that now there is at least one person that has tested positive for the virus in the general area of where my daughter is. So, you know, my brain kind of went, ah! And then I had to go, okay, and, you know, the way yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and yes, I look forward to today because the Empress is our our card of of the day, and it is the time of the Empress. You know, we are coming into the equinox, yeah. spring equinox. So I think, in a way, right. it, it helped both of us reposition. And on that, I think it would be wise that we just jump in and focus on that rather than the blah blah that we experienced during the week with all the things that have happened, both primary, you know, uh, elections and and uh, 
more of the newscasts of what's going on, um, I think it would be better to to give something positive into the the ethers now. Yeah. So, should we dive in? I think we should. I I really you know, I really think this is a great topic. The Empress, the Empress credit uh, card of of the Major Arcana number three in numbers numbers. Mm-hmm. So jump mm-hmm. for it, darling. I'm going to let you lead off. I think you, you would be good for this one. Yeah, so uh, if you've been listening, this is our fourth episode of our tarot series, and we're exploring the major arcana and starting with the fool and going all the way through to the world. And today we are on, as Elvira mentioned. Oh, yes, let me take a breath. <laughs> um and there, if you are listening in on every episode and you're using this to sort of build your own knowledge and history about the tarot, excellent. You will get repeated information every time because there are certain things that need to be said when we discuss each of the cards in the Major Arcana. And what we are basing our discussions about are mostly, mostly around the Rider, Waite, and Smith deck, which is the deck that is pretty common uh, most people are familiar with, and most decks um, that exist now are uh, versions of the Rider Waite Smith deck. However, the Rider Waite Smith deck didn't come out until the early 1900s, and tarot cards did exist before that. Some were used for divination, some were used as an actual card game, and the major arcana that we're going through were the trump cards. These cards had special powers and could affect the game in special ways. And now they have special powers and affect the reading in special ways. So it, not much has changed. Just instead of it being, you know, for gambling, it's for getting life advice, <laughs> you know, like, like you do. Um, yeah. But the Rider-Waite-Smith system was heavily influenced by the Golden Dawn and other fraternal orders of the early 1900s. And so a lot of the imagery and iconography and symbolism that was included in those cards has change the landscape of tarot because those not necessarily all of those things existed before Ryder, Waite, and Smith created their deck. So, you know, we're going to touch on things a little older. We're going to touch on on their symbolism, and we're going to kind of go all over the place because it's fun. Um, But there is some important things to know about uh, where these things originate. And anyone who's a student of the tarot or is curious about the tarot really should know the history of all of these things. It's um, understanding history and origin and culture where things come from is a way to avoid cultural appropriation. Not that there's a lot of cultural appropriation happening with tarot, but if you can do it with this, you can do it with any spiritual programming, right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry, I had to cough. Okay, I grab my tooth. There you go. Did you cover your mouth or, or do the, the elbow thing? No, because I'm at home, so I'm just spreading the germs ah. in my own room. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, okay. I would have. I yeah. understand. I'm trying to make uh, light of something as we're going. <laughs> <laughs> no, excellent question. Um, so the Rider Waite Smith deck, we see the Empress who is sitting on a throne. She wears a crown of stars. And in one hand, she's holding her hand upraised 
sort of. It's leaning but upraised, and there's a scepter in it. Um, there are 12 stars in the crown, and this is believed to be a representation of her dominance over the year, that she is a ruler of, of the year. Um, she sits on a throne, and her throne is surrounded by grain, and there is water running nearby, and there are trees in the background. This is all supposed to be signs of her having dominion over the growing things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also wearing a white dress with pomegranates, which as we mentioned on our last episode of the high priestess, the curtains behind the high priestess are covered in pomegranates. And many believe that those curtains of uh, the curtains that hold mystery that keep the veil of mystery covered the uh, empress actually wears. So how do you switch that metaphor around? She is mystery. She's closed in mystery. She is the the wearer of mystery. Right, we can take it a lot of ways, but it is a curious thing to explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also um, stone, I guess you might say, a stone, a something, um, next to her in the shape of a heart with the symbol for Venus on it, and that is the symbol of the feminine. Uh, and so here, here we go. We see this, and and one of the beliefs, and I don't know if this is a, a far-held belief or if it's just what I was taught, so I can't let go of it, is that she is supposed to be pregnant, uh, and that the dr- dress is loose because she is, you know, uh, fer- fertile. She is a, a very fertile woman, and she, it is many occultists believe that she is the symbol of Venus sitting on this throne. So she has control over love and abundance and sexuality. Um, and she is the, uh, um, she is the opposition of the death card, right? Which, you know, is a whole other thing there. So that's some of the big, the, the entry level, just looking at the imagery type things I think are important to mention. What would you add? What I missed? Well, um, in some instances, the the uh, heart shaped object is considered a shield, but and some they have the the, the sign of Venus, uh, the actual planetary sign, um, or in um, the Paul Foster case, they have the winged dove, and of course the dove, of course, is another uh, symbol for Venus and love. I mm-hmm. do know that um, they talk about, you know, the myrtle and the, the uh, cypress are the trees behind, which, again, are another vegetation aspect of Venus. And yep. as we said when we were talking about the high priestess, the water from the, the, the area of the high priestess is flowing into the, um, the, God, the empress's card. Um, she has nine pearls at her neck, again, pearls are for Venus, but they are also given an association to the nine um, state, the nine original planets that were at the time more prevalent to be known. Um, interesting enough is that uh, she doesn't necessarily look pregnant, as you know you'd see it. Right. In varying cards, they do make her pregnant. I know that the those decks that I use. Um, the witch's tarot that she is pregnant. They actually show it, and they have a little rag yeah, down my at the bottom. Too. Yeah, so they they make it more of that uh, pregnant process. 
uh, in terms of, of the, the ability to create, which is her, which this card also is uh, a good representation of. Now, to note the journey is that you have the unmanifested, which is the fool, coming into the, the um, self-conscious manifestation of um, the, the um, magician and then coming into the subconscious high priestess. And what you have now is the, what is created between the, um, the three of those actually comes into manifestation in the, the form of the empress and her abundance, her fertility, the ability to create. Um, interesting enough is one of the things that they talk about is uh, called in Hebrew, the letter for this card is Dallas or door. And fascinating when mm-hmm. I started to look at that is that a doorway is about opening, but also what goes back in. So that when you were yeah. talking about the, the death card is the, the connection between what goes out in creativity and, uh, and life and what goes back through the door. She is the keeper of the door, that, that energy of right. the, 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 the dynamic. And um, also, you know, the pair is wisdom and folly. What is, what is it that you create uh, that is wisdom or, or worse than something, or what do you create that is folly? So um, I find that very kind of like, oh, it's the duality of the door again. So those are some of the, uh, the things it's called. I guess well, they have different, you know, luminous intelligence. We'll think of uh, the empress as luminous, luminosity. And, um, so she is associated with that, that energy that is, is, is bringing forth things. And I, I found... Reading about this, it was like, oh, I get this. I don't necessarily talk to my clients about this because this is—it's a little step beyond what we most of the time do with our clients. So, but it is something to know to have that at the back of what your knowledge is, so you can um, illuminate, ha ha ha, the the different things yeah. that you're talking about. So. Anything that you would like to throw in at this point um, from here? Um, let's see. What is next in the notes? Um, you know, and you were t- touching on this a bit, but there is this fecundity, and I hate that word. I don't know why. I just it's a it's a be- the meaning of the word is beautiful, but the sound of the word to me is I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but but she, th- that is what this card represents. It's very it's it's um, for me. It's always felt very Demeter, not Aphrodite. Mm-hmm. It feels very full mm-hmm. and lush and gross. Um, you know, according to Waits' writings, the Empress um, is the inferior of the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden, Eden. Sorry, as opposed to nature's superior. So she's. She's not nature superior, but she is a, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Devotee, I suppose, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. nature, right? Um, right. 
And she is above all things fecundity and the outer sense of the word, the repository of all things nurturing, sustaining, and feeding others. The empress is a mother, a creator, and nurturer. In many decks, she can be shown pregnant. She can, be, she can represent creation, life, romance, art, or business. The empress can represent the germination of an idea before it's ready to be born and the need to be receptive to change. Weight further writes that the card carries these several divinatory associations. Fruitfulness, action, initiative, length of days, the unknown, clandestine, also difficulty, doubt, and ignorance. He wrote that the reverse meeting was light, truth, and unraveling of involved matters, public rejoicings, and according to another reading, vacillation. So interesting, the original white um, meanings are real fucking muddy. Like they are yeah, they not are. like straightforward at all. No, no. And I almost want to say honestly, of course we, you know, don't have it on proof, but it's to keep people to not really say exactly a specific uh, truth or situation. Um, a lot of the the ways that things were written, especially by people who had worked in the more um, high quote higher esoteric or you know hermetic or traditions is they don't say what it is because they can't say what it is. It's part of their, you know, yeah. code. That's and true. I understand, you know, so that I think is another reason why some of these people who brought it forward, even, you know, somebody like Paul Foster Case, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that can't really be said because they're part of something that's not supposed to be said outside of the initiated bonded circle. So I get that. I just, you know, and I think people then take it. I wasn't picking up on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what it also suggests is there's hidden information here. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's more to uncover that they, that they're not telling us because we're only getting the entry level version. This is kind of blowing my mind on reading tarot cards at all. Like we've only been giving a been given a drop in the ocean of what some of this means because we're not part of the golden dawn or what have you. Very mm-hmm. fascinating, Elvira. Blowing hey, my mind you know, over here. This is good. This is good. It's it's we wanted to go farther than our normal daily life. Hey ha. But, um, and it is, it kind of, it takes me, I understand some of it, like, there was one thing that I read, oh, God, it's, it's, um, it's called Terromania, and I don't have the actual person's name that wrote it, because I have only my notes off of it, which is tacky, because, you know, ultimately, you should have your resources, but that being said, um, they talk in such a demeaning way about all of the the the, the female energies, and I was fascinated because I, I was reading about the high priestess, and of course, then we get to the, the empress, and it's all these kind of like, well, the empress is is someone who will do what she wants. She will use the person and use the male energy, and then cast it aside, and you know, like it in a neg in a negative way. 
in a very uh, non-reciprocal way. It's like uh, as much of a bad person as a as an overbearing male energy. And I'm like, wow, and this is kind of interesting. I I kind of began to see different things, and then just other people's. You know, one of the things that we might think of as a side note here is after, if we want, the second level we might choose to do is the combination of different cards. I know that the um, the particular teacher I had, she wrote a, she's written several books obviously since, but the main one was Wheel of Destiny. And what she did was she basically took the cards and certain groupings and then started to work on those on a much more, um, I don't want to say esoteric level, but it did have that. But you could see how the combinations have meaning, like we just mentioned the Empress and Death, or the Emperor and the Empress, or the Empress, and, you know, meaning she would combine them and talk about them. So we might think of that as a future, future uh, set of uh, programs. But... That being said, we do have the the card number three, and of course we know that that is the Trinity, and you know they they yeah. you know Father Mother Son or Maiden Mother Crown or Father Son Holy Ghost, um, but you know the balance of all manifested things, the magnetic force of um, love permeating humanity and the vibratory energies of one and two added together, so. There you right. can do a little numerology without being, um, I don't want to call it traditional numerology because I think that what has been written about numerology is not as old as you would think, truthfully. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? Numerology totally, I have found to be a good second tier um, bit of information for when I do readings. Um, you know, looking at, cause I don't, I, I look at the card obviously and the, and the meaning of the card. And then I look at the other cards and how those meanings relate to each other and may, you know, adjust things. But I also do look at the numerology and how they add together. And if there's a pattern, like if I get, uh, if I, if I get three twos in a reading, that's something to pay attention to, mm-hmm. you know, and anytime, any of the threes, I don't know why, but for me, when I get any of the the pip cards, I, any threes are timelines. I don't know how I got that in my head, but that's I, anytime I get a three of any suit, I'm like, oh, there's a timeline that we're working on here. So, mm-hmm. you know, there mm-hmm. is something to numerology and all of this, but I think um, it adds to it. It takes mm-hmm. it to the next level. Yes. Yes, definitely. And I I found that, and I work with numerology, obviously, like you. If I start getting a pattern, I see, you know, a numbers, and whether they're major arcana numbers or minor arcana, major arcana, if there's a pattern, I start, that, start, that works in itself. And so that's another level of, these, of each of these cards, both as a major arcana card as well as, you know, as we say, the minor suit. But it fascinates me that, you know, to me as you, the Trinity uh, the, the, is very strong. It, it, it makes me take a note of what's around and, you know, what's around that particular card and, and four cards to see how it goes. So, yeah. So there's that. 
And mm-hmm. um, where are we on our time? Do we need to take a break for our wonderful oh. commercial? <laughs> yes, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk more about the Empress. Yay. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse. Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific. Add 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Aha, uh-huh. we are back. We've found our way back. Yes. Um so um oh one thing I did want to say and this is, you know, I guess this is because maybe in a, another lifetime I was a detective, I don't know. Um the basic <laughs> uh, <laughs> level is this is subconscious subconscious deductive reasoning okay and it's about seeing patterns and deducing you know a, a, a answer from that but that's why the folly and the and the uh, the wisdom is that if you start with a specific premise which of course you know goes back to um, the the high priestess is that you wind up having to have, or I'm sorry, the magician, I apologize, the magician, you have to come from a specific point that has a good base, but then you deduce what the patterns are from that. So what we were just talking about, the the numbers and the three and and seeing a pattern, if we see those things, that's part of this particular card's, I don't want to call it energy, but its abilities is to utilize that. So, again, it's like when you create something, there's a pattern that you put into into effect, but you're you're using that deductive point of rest, you know, reasoning ability. So I was I was like, oh, gosh, now I know. I'm, I'm Sherlock Holmes, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, um, anything we want to sort of jump off on on the information, I know – um, divinatory meanings are, you know, the simple point of reference, you know, is also important to look at as well, not just the meanings of all the things on the card, but what it actually simplistically means when you get the card. I mean, part of this is also if people are interested in taking this to, you know, that level, a divinatory level. Yeah. Yeah, um, let me pull up my other note here and see. 
So what I have found mostly across board with how people read this card and, and most of the online websites where you can get lots of free information about what cards mean and how to read tarot and blah, 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 they're all pretty generic and they all pretty much repeat each other's messages. So I find that unhelpful, but it's in the world. And so people are following these rules, right? And mm-hmm. typically the Empress card upright is femininity, nature, abundance. And reverse is a creative block or feeling dependent on others. Um, and I find that, you know, those key words, so to speak, are uh, way less interesting and informative than the the bigger picture here of the Empress card. You know, if, if you're asking a question about, like, should I take this job and you, you pull the Empress card, I would say yes. You know, for me, the Empress is a yes. And it is because the potential here is for abundance and for um, all of the, the things to be available to you. Right. <clears throat> Sorry, too much talking is making me cough. Let me take another sip. <laughs> Well, I know that it's I've also, had a you know, for like two weeks, so it's just starting to be extra annoying today with a tickle. Anyway, go on. I was going to say, um, this is a card in its right. Is you know, if somebody is say, you know, wanting to know about pregnancy or a creative project of you know some note, it would you know, a, a fertility aspect, just like we were talking about originally about the the, the different. Um, items that are on here that suggest this is that it is, you know, this is uh, wanting to get pregnant or wanting to have a creative venture start or being able to actually put it into action process. So, you know, there is uh, things of that nature. I don't do reversals any more than obviously Phoenix has said she doesn't do reversals. And it's, no. But you can, with other cards next to it, come up with the energies that would be um, less harmonious with it. So you can use what would be, um, I would say, the reverse meaning without reversing it, but not as harsh. So something yeah. that, as they say, blocked or a loss of material, you know, possessions or inaction or, you know, that kind of, you know, domestic issues and problems, you know, that kind of a thing. So you can see that in terms of some of the other cards that come up within the context of this particular card. So that's another, it's, it's another way to look at building the, the energies that each card has, yeah. but then other cards that we add to what we may be pulling. So that's a sidebar right. to readers or people wanting to do a little more into that, not because that's our only focus. It certainly isn't. Um, both of us, I think, get off on the spiritual side and the esoteric and the, the informational side of these cards. But you know, being a little more grounded and saying, well, this is what it means if you pull this card. It isn't. And yeah. that's the other thing. Nothing is stationary. It isn't like... I get certain people and clients that do use their, you know, tarot cards, and as soon as you get a card, they go, or, oh, great, you know, because they know it. But nothing is written in literal hardcore 
this is what this card means, so when you get it, this is what you're going to get. I mean, it just doesn't work yeah. that way. But I know yeah. that's part of trying to educate ourselves, not just our clients, but ourselves on the fluidity of what we're using here. Right. Anything that pops up in your notes that you want to kind of throw out and run around the track yeah. about? Well, I think the interesting thing, and this started to come up last week with the high priestess, is the relationship between the high priestess and the empress. And, you know, we have, there's a relationship, and the first few sets of cards in the major arcana are, part, are paired. You have the uh, magician and the high priestess. We have the Empress and the Emperor, and then the Hierophant. So there, there's a lot of, of people right out the bat that are paired. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's interesting, like, to look at that. And it, this is very binary. I'm not denying that. And remember that this was written down at a time where binary was sort of this revolutionary symbol, right? I feel like modern witches and pagans are kind of going beyond that. But let's look at the binary here for a second. The fool, our first card, is beyond binary. He is gender fluid. Uh, he is all of the things. He is neither this nor that. He, and he is young and androgynous enough um, that it is not about how he represents a binary. He is beyond that. But then we have the magician and the high priestess. They hold the binary. And it is very classically masculine and feminine and how the the active and the receptive and how those two powers work together. Then we move to the emperor and the empress. And these two cards are more about, instead of the spiritual attributes of masculine and feminine, these are more about like the maternal paternal astro binary of masculine and feminine where you know we'll talk more about the emperor in the coming weeks but you know the emperor sort of holds down this fatherly figure and the ruler and the king where the empress is soft and represents fertility and represents fecundity and life and growth and so it is this interesting binary to look at the relationships between these cards as we go through them. Because, the, you know, the major arcana don't exist as individuals. They, they also interrelate to each other. And there is a story of following your own personal rite of passage through the major arcana. And you start as the fool and you take the risk. And then you become the magician and you learn how to use the tools. And then you become the high priestess and you are shown the ways of mystery. And then you become the empress and you understand uh, the, the mysteries of life, of creation, of fertility. Uh, and then you become the emperor and that is when you understand rulership. So there, it is this interest we're following that can be um, – unwound in lots of different ways but you know again for me there are certain cards when they pop up I'm like oh yay this is a great card and then there are cards that pop up I'm like okay this is difficult I never feel like oh no fuck the worst thing ever I never feel that way but I do have cards where I'm like okay you've got some challenging cards here and then there are the cards that are my favorite that are challenging cards but they're actually like tricks and they're like Mm -hmm you have so much more power than you give yourself, you know? So I think there's also something interesting to look at. How do you feel when you look at the imagery of this card? How, if you are reading for yourself 
which I find very tricky, to be honest. I find reading for myself very tricky. So you almost have to let go of what you think you're supposed to say. If you're reading a card, the cards for yourself and you're, you have a question and you need some help and you pull a card and you pull the high priestess, how does that card make you feel? Does that make you feel like you're going in the right direction? Does it make you feel safe? Does it make you feel like you have stability? How does it make you feel? Because your intimate personal relationship is going to influence when you read for other people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because we're the channel. Yeah. We're the we're the conduit when yeah. we're doing that, and it will affect. You know, when we see something, um, it goes that way. And I know that what you were saying, it, they they relate. So. Right. just what the meanings are, the symbology is. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's and, funny you know, because... There's a lot of Earth Mama energy here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And interesting enough, and this is, you know, each card, um, back when I learned this whole thing, it's like they're planets, they're zodiacal mm-hmm. signs. They're the main... The main process this one belongs to you know this or like this one is venus um but you have to also realize what does venus rule taurus and libra now obviously you've got to realize that dynamic also goes into effect when you're dealing with this card so it has connection with those and so the the arm goes out and reaches to this other. It doesn't necessarily just mean that, but it's connecting into that energy of those particular signs. Or, in reverse, you get a car that's a sign, and where's the ruler of it in terms of the planet? That's another part of connection. And none of this is scary. It's just once you... It's like a building block. You you start with, as you've been talking... These simple ones, A and B and C, and then by the time you're getting to the end of the major arcana, what you're getting is they build it. It's not just a sentence; it's a whole paragraph. Right. So, yeah, and um, that's going to be interesting too <laughs> when we get there. Yeah. But um, yeah, because you know they and there's a. Um, I know in one of the the um, different designs, they call it the trestle board, and um, mm-hmm. the way it's set up is the fool is at the top, and then you have um, the different cards starting with the the magician, and you go and I can't remember because I I haven't used that as a long term process, but you you literally have I think it's three rows, and you have a certain number across, and they just place them, and when you're doing the actual setup for this, like you would place each one there, yeah. how do they affect each other? And then above, below, right. even diagonally, which is a whole other yep. picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's never just one thing. And, you know, you you said just like astrology, it's never just one thing. These Everything is interconnected. Everything impacts each other. It's much more complicated. And you, but, you know, and even in saying that, you can say, I'm going to pull a one card. I want a yes or no answer. 
mm-hmm. and you pull the card and you get your yes or no answer. And I will say there are a couple of cards in the decks that I don't think are yes or no. They're a, they're a maybe or ask again later type energy. So right. be aware of that too. If you know, if all you want is to get a yes or no, that sometimes is a little bit more complicated. Exactly. And isn't that true with our own existence? Um, <laughs> there is sometimes there's a point that you get a, a kind of a more definitive yes or a more definitive no, and sometimes it's like I don't have a clue. Maybe don't you know? Or as you say, ask later. It's not the time to know. Um, and that's just in our daily existence of what we do. And these cards are very companionable for our daily life, really. Yeah. So, um, and as you pointed out, the times that the basic intense information that has been let out into the world was done at a time when, as you know, when you've discussed the, you know, weight rider deck, um, the masculine energy, and we've talked about this even in uh, traditions we have discussed uh, in previous shows, um, there was a certain amount of the masculine energy was actually more prevalent, more outstanding. So a lot of the terminology and information, the way it's described in this is a very more male point of reference, and it's also a certain level. And now it, and binary, as you pointed out, now we've shifted. Right. Our world has shifted. So it sometimes has, it doesn't mean that there is a tarot deck it may that comes out that people feel comfortable with that has the all-inclusive of, you know, uh, fluidity and that dynamic, I just find that, you know, some of us who grew up and had certain points of reference in our life, the, the, the older decks are easier but still very much adaptable to what you're doing in what's happening in the world now in terms of that. Yeah. Um, but I was just thinking of that. It's like these came out at a certain time. So the conversations that we talk about and the information that is pointed out um, have the basis that things were taken on came from this. But then everything has germinated to another level. I mean, just remembering the Mother Peace deck. I mean, other than it being circular, which, you know, again, is totally out of the structure of the way that the cards have most of them have been made or were made at that time um it was revolutionary and yet it's still based its foundation on these things just because the perspective had changed your lens changed and you added more to it yeah shifted it yeah exactly yeah but i know um I like this card. I always have liked this card. Um, it's, as you say, it's the complement to the high priestess. And it's funny because yeah. a lot of times I tend to do the high priestess on the hierophant because there is another connection of the spirituality side. But yeah. based on the um, the 
feminine trinity that we see. It's, you know, in the way I have, you know, begun to, you know, how I work with the, the energies that work in that. You've got the, the high priestess as the maiden, and, of course, the empress is the mother. And we will get to the crown later. Um, but uh, <laughs> I find it, you know, again, it's the thing components. So, yeah, and then oh, her color is even though there's a lot of yellow in the the rider deck, um, her actual color core for it is green, which you know kind of represents the Venus side of of the blooming aspects of greenness and coming alive. So, um, yeah, anything that we have forgotten or that you can think of that you want to add. I don't think so. You know, I think that the the major points of this, um, for some reason, like the historical um, stuff that we normally get on the cards is really lacking for this card. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Um, But, you know, like we often, uh, often when I do my research, I find a website that talks about like the game and it gives us a little bit of information about the origins of the empress. And I've had a hard time finding that information. Maybe I just haven't looked enough, but I'm having a, mm-hmm. a hard time coming across it. So, you know, I feel like we, I, we've lacked a little bit on some of that historical stuff that we've talked about with some of the other cards. Um, but I think we've talked about as much as we can with all the other stuff that it could mean in a modern reading and, uh, you know, again, it really is impacted by who and what is hanging out around it. And that is what makes it much more interesting anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, a, you know, this is a card of, you know, and it's funny, when you say motherhood, motherhood doesn't, isn't, and doesn't have to be biological and, you know, in terms of that, but the, the creative process. And I find that when people are asking questions or I'm looking at what form I need to take, it's um, yeah. it's really about that, that other part of where you're, you know, you're looking at it. And I just, I don't know. Um, this is this is the time. I don't want to say the dawning of Aquarius. I keep hearing that. Um, but it is a time... <laughs> I don't know, it's like my brain just goes off in another another thing. We're talking about this is the right timing, which I find amusing, uh, for us to be talking about this because next week we are putting our um, spring equinox uh, show that we run every year yeah. around that time on because of uh, it kind of runs in between. And so we're like going, well, which way do we go? So we chose to do that. And and then the following week we will be doing the emperor. But I found this a really nice segue into next week's show. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think we are close enough to our time to uh, kind yep. of start wrapping it up and going from yeah. there. But I know, again, we've got you know. We're onward and upward, and with the, the segment of the spring equinox that we'll be in, and then um, we'll be back on track. Anything you would like yeah. to add and throw in? Uh, you know, I think I think that's 
most of it, you know, or spring equinox. And then um, towards the end of the month of of March, we're going to have an Ask a Witch segment. So please do write in your questions. You can go to witchpriestesscauldron.com and submit a question that you might want us to discuss. Um, if you have a specific situation in your life that you'd like some input or spell advice around, uh, we'll pull some cards sometimes. Um, just, you know, if you are writing in with a specific situation, the more information you can give us, the better. So, yeah, so that's coming up at the end of the month. And I would say in the meantime, stay safe, wash your hands, <laughs> wash your hands more than you want to. Wash your hands every time you touch something and don't touch your face and uh, make smart decisions over this next little while as as this virus thing uh, goes through our communities because that's what it's going to do. And keep yourselves as healthy as possible. Drink lots of fluids. Yes. And, you know, be aware um, of your surroundings like anything, whether it's what we're talking about, a, a bug, or just in general. I mean, this is a time where there's much happening, not just on um, a health level, but in in all areas. And so just be more alert to your surroundings is what I'd like to say as my parting statement. Yeah. So. But uh, on that note, I think we can let all go and we will go back to our various activities that we have on our plate and uh, have an excellent week. Yes. We'll see you next time. See you next. Well, we'll see you alive in, in live terminology in two weeks, but have a wonderful equinox um, and uh, enjoy. Be out there and, and enjoy yes. even with what's going on. Blessed be. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.